Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope this podcast finds you well. I hope you're all having a great day and a wonderful week. I hope everything's just going well for you. I'm trying to squeeze this last podcast episode of the season in before uh, our little baby is born. And so he hasn't come yet, but if y'all want to be in prayer for that, we, we pray that he'll come soon. And most importantly, that he'll come safe and healthy. And so for this final episode of Thursday Thoughts, I thought what better of a topic to talk about than what Proverbs says about God. And so we're going to look at what the book of Proverbs says about God, and then we'll, after this episode, we'll, I'll, we'll have a few weeks before the next season because, you know, getting used to life with a newborn baby will be pretty interesting. So um, I, I appreciate y'all's patience and being willing to wait for the next season, but I digress. Let's jump into this week's episode, and so this week's episode, we're talking about who God is according to Proverbs, and so basically, we're talking about characteristics of God according to Proverbs, basically, what Proverbs says, this is our God, and so that's what we're going to talk about today, and so, you know, we study, we study the Bible so that we might better know the God of the Word, right? The better acquainted we are with God, the more we become like him and acquire the skills we need for life and service, right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, right? The beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. You can make a living without, or let me reread that. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. Sorry. You can make a living without knowing many things, but you can't make a life without knowing God. You know, if we if we read the book of Proverbs or any other book of the Bible, you know, seeking only the the doctrinal truth but ignoring God himself, we'll miss what the Holy Spirit wants us to say uh, and what the Holy Spirit wants to do to us and for us. If we would like, uh, it would be like a child devoting hours to studying the family album but not spending time with his family to get to know them. And so... We need to make sure that when we're studying Scripture that we're not just reading it to know the doctrinal truths. Like, Not that those aren't important, but we have to read to have a personal and intimate relationship with God. And the book of Proverbs gives us, gives us a wonderful description of who God is. Um, there's, a, there's a guy, A.W. Tozer, who writes, he says, "...it is impossible to keep our moral practices sound and our inward practices right." while our idea of God is erroneous or inadequate. And so we need to make sure that we're trying to get to know God through his word, right? Whenever you're in a relationship with someone, you you try to get to know them, every little detail about them. And so similarly, when we're in our relationship with God, we need to get to know him in all the ways we can. And so one of the first things Proverbs says about God is that he is a holy God, according to Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, and chapter 30, verse 3, God is the Holy One, and the word translated holy means, you know, like, utterly different, right? God's very nature is holy, right? In Leviticus 11, 44 through 45, right? You shall be holy, for I am holy. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all, 1 John 1, 5. But we must not think of God's holiness simply as the absence of defilement, like a sterilized surgical instrument, 
nor is God's holiness an inert negative attribute. It's something positive and active, his perfect nature accomplishing his perfect will. Because God is holy, he hates sin. Proverbs chapter 6, we talked about that. Proverbs chapter 6, 17 through 19. Evangelists remind us, and you know, you've probably heard it a lot at church, that God hates the sin but loves the sinners, and certainly nobody will question God's love for the sinful world, right? John 3.16. But people can willfully sin so much that they become abominable. I can never say that word. They can become detestable to God. The perverse man is an abomination to God, Proverbs 3.32 and 11.20. And so are the proud, 16.5. Liars, 12.22. Cheats, 11.1, and Proverbs 23. Hypocrites, Proverbs 15, 21, 27, 28, 9, and the unjust, Proverbs 17, 15. Sorry, I'm throwing out a lot of verses there. But these things are detestable to the Lord. Sin becomes so identified with the sinner that the very person becomes reprehensible to the Lord. This doesn't negate God's love, but we must keep in mind that God's love is a holy love as well as a sacrificing love. And so it's a dangerous thing to play with sin and defy the living God. He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Proverbs 29.1 So we need to remember that God is holy, and the book of Proverbs talks to us about the holiness of God. Another thing the book of Proverbs tells us about is how God is sovereign. How God is sovereign. So he's a ruler, right? And he's righteous. Um, The fact that God is holy and just assures us that there are righteous principles that govern the universe and his dealings with us. Right? The Lord works out everything for his own ends, even the wicked for a day of disaster. Proverbs 16.4 Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord, the Lord's purpose that prevails. Proverbs 19.21 The Christian believer remembers Colossians 1.16 All things were created by him, Christ, and for him. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Right, The proud mind of sinful man rebels against the very thought of the sovereignty of God and affirms, I am the master of my fate, I am the captain of my soul. Charles Spurgeon said, No doctrine in the whole word of God has been more excited, has more excited the hatred of mankind than the truth of the absolute sovereignty of God. The fact that the Lord reigneth, is indisputable, and it is this fact that arouses the utmost opposition of the unrenewed human heart. Divine sovereignty doesn't destroy human responsibility and turn humans into robots, right? To man belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue, Proverbs 16.1. A man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his step, Proverbs 16.9. God expects us to study, think, and weigh the possibilities and make decisions, but we dare not lean on our own understanding, right? Proverbs 3.5. God promises to give wisdom to those who ask, James 1.5, and to direct those who are willing to obey, Proverbs 3.5 and 6. And because God is the creator of all things, as Proverbs chapter 3 mentions, he is sovereign in nature, right? The sovereignty of God is one of the greatest motivations for the Christian life and service because we know that God is on the throne and controls all things. Another thing that we learn about God in the book of Proverbs is that God is a compassionate God. God's tender compassion and concern are seen in his care for the poor and needy, right? 
Widows and orphans in Israel were especially vulnerable to exploitation and abuse, and God warned his people in his law to beware of mistreating them. Exodus 22.22, Deuteronomy 10.18, and so on and so forth. He who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he who honors him has mercy on the needy. Proverbs 14.31 The rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. Proverbs 22.2 When the Savior came to earth, he identified with the poor and the outcasts. And God wants to show his compassion for them through his people. To harm the needy is to give pain to the heart of God. Do not rob the poor because he is poor, nor oppress the afflicted at the gate, for the Lord will plead their cause and plunder the soul of those who plunder them. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud and will establish, excuse me, but he will establish the border of the widow. Proverbs 15, 25. The Lord keeps an eye on the property lines. And so we see that that God is compassionate. God is a shield to those who trust him, Proverbs 30, verse 5, and a strong tower for those who run to him for help, Proverbs 18, 10. The name of the Lord in verse 10 signifies all the glorious attributes of the Lord because of who he is and what he is. Those who trust in him don't have to worry because he is always their refuge and strength. Think of Psalm 46, verse 1. One of God's compassionate ministries to us is that is that of his divine guidance, right? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is a promise uh, to God's people um, that we have been claiming for centuries and it has never failed, right? He'll always be with us and he'll always comfort us and have compassion on us, right? So God is, we've seen, we've seen how God is holy. We've seen how God is compassionate. And we've talked about how God is sovereign. And another thing, the book of, the book of Proverbs says a lot of things about God. But the last thing that we're going to mention is that the book of Proverbs mentions about how God is a wise God. You know, theologians tell us that God that God's wisdom refers to his ability to devise perfect means to attain perfect ends. Nobody has to teach God anything, right? For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has become his counselor? Isaiah 40, 13, Jeremiah 23, 18, Romans eleven thirty four. 34. Talk about that. And nobody can ever say that God made a mistake, because in his wisdom he does all things well. No wonder Paul called him God only wise in Romans 1627. God has revealed his wisdom in creation, right? By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the deeps were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. Proverbs 3, 19-20. The astronomer watching a comet through a telescope and the biologist peering at a cell through a microscope are both discovering God's wisdom. For scientific study is but the act of thinking God's thoughts after him. God's wisdom is seen in his providential ordering of events, not only for nations, but also for individuals. There is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. Proverbs 21.30 To God belong wisdom and power, counsel and understanding are his. Job 12.13 God wants to share his wisdom his wisdom with us, which, of course, is the emphasis of the book of Proverbs. 
For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. Proverbs 2, 6, and 7. The first step in receiving God's wisdom is trusting Jesus Christ and becoming a child of God. The world is frantically seeking the wisdom to know what to do and the power to be able to do it. And these are found only in Jesus Christ. The power of God, the power of God and the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians 1, 24. After you trust in Jesus and become a child of God, the next step is to ask God to give you his wisdom in the ordering of your life, James 1.5. The fear of the Lord teaches a man wisdom, and humility comes before honor, Proverbs 15.33. As you read God's word, meditate and pray, and seek to glorify him, he will direct your paths, Proverbs 3.5 and 6. The way may not always be easy, but it will be the best way. Think of Romans 8.28. All things work together for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Remember that the will of God comes from the heart of God, so you don't have to worry. When you have, to make deci- when you have decisions to make, take time to pray and meditate on the word. Ask God to direct you, and if necessary, seek wise counsel from friends who are mature in faith. At the start of each day, ask God to guide you in every decision you must make. Big or small, a wrong small decision could lead to a disturbing big decision. As you grow in wisdom and knowledge of God, and as you walk by faith, Seeking to honor the Lord, you will increase in spiritual discernment and live skillfully. The path of the righteous is like a first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Proverbs four eighteen and 19. A.W. Tozer once again says, With the goodness of God to desire our highest welfare, and the wisdom of God to plan it, and the power of God to achieve to achieve it, what do we lack? Surely we are the most favored of all creatures. And so we've seen how God is holy, how he's sovereign, how he is compassionate, and how he's wise. And the book of Proverbs has a lot more to tell us about God, but that's just a few quick thoughts I'm going to leave you with today. And so on this episode of Thursday Thoughts, for this season of Thursday Thoughts in the book of Proverbs, I pray that it has been uplifting for you and the practical wisdom that the book of Proverbs gives us. And so I pray and hope that these discussions have been beneficial, and um, I pray and hope that you will continue to find these encouraging and that they will continue to uplift you in your daily walk with Christ and as you seek to gain more wisdom in Christ. Thank you guys so much. Thank you again so much for tuning in to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope this podcast again finds you well. I hope you all have a blessed day. I pray this has been encouraging for you. God bless, guys.